With all due respect, Carolina absolutely demolished Johnson C. Smith last Friday. But the question is, is there anything to be learned from playing such an inferior opponent? Absolutely there is. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shea. Joining me as he does every Wednesday is the man, Coach Pack Kilby. And we want to thank you for making this show your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts. So you can subscribe right now to make sure you don't miss a single second of your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, folks, here's what Pac and I are going to do with you today. Excited to look back at this game from last Friday. Carolina's absolutely overwhelming victory, as you would hope and expect. But what we want to do is look back at the game, talk about it, unpack it a little bit. Then we're going to move to talking about what are the lessons learned that maybe are instructive of what we will see in the upcoming season. What can we take away from even an exhibition game as being helpful to us in knowing what this team will be? And then we're going to finish by talking about, okay, so what does that mean for the upcoming season kickoff against UNC Wilmington on Monday, less than a week away. How is that real that that's here? But it is. Get amped. This season is upon us. So, Pack, great to be together. Let's start by untalk- by unpacking and talking about Carolina's 101-40, to a 61-point margin, not 71, as I had said in, in all the excitement afterwards, in this crazy 61-point victory. Yeah, man. It, well, first of all, it felt like 71. I mean, I'll just, I'll just say it. it felt like it uh, because there was like a what felt like a 10-minute stretch in the second half where Johnson C. Smith didn't even score, you know. 25 so, to nothing run. Yeah, it was just pure dominance. And, you know, you said something earlier about the outcome is what should be expected, and you were right, it is. But I don't think, you know, we should take it for granted because – What up, Louisville? What up, Louisville? Syracuse flirted around with their opponent for a while. Um, South Carolina loses in their exhibition with UNC Charlotte, which is definitely a higher level program, but nonetheless, a loss. Um, so, anyways, expected outcome, yes. Should we take it for granted? No. No. Good point. Great point, Pac. Yes, and so uh, when you look at some of the just uh, quick, uh, you know, stats of, of things that mattered, your highs, we had Caleb Love leading all scores, 20 points. Pete Nance, although uh, there was much made about the lack of arc on his three-point shot, finishes with 19 points, second leading scorer in this game. And, of course, Armando Baycott grabbing 20 rebounds in 23 minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane he could have easily set an unofficial career high because this game doesn't count and then as, as you've said pack in in our show notes here Dontra Styles notably uh comes in with 10 rebounds of his own had just seven points but you 
excuse me, love him finding ways to contribute beyond putting the ball in the bucket in terms of team mm-hmm. high and assists, uh, something we'll probably end up talking a lot about uh, as we think about Caleb Love's efficiency this year. My man's dishing out eight assists uh, against just two turnovers in a game where RJ is on the bench. And you're like, what is Caleb going to do running the show tonight? Really pleased with how that turned out. And then Seth Trimble, uh, not obviously not his debut. That'll be on Monday, but in his exhibition debut, had five assists of his own and just two turnovers. Yeah, so, you Pat, know, what else? Keep going. Well, one thing I wanted to point out, just on the rebounds, I know we, we had Baycott with 20. We had Styles with 10. But, you know, you got Leakey. You've got Nance, which Leakey kind of made a little jab at Nance, saying that he took some of his rebounds, you know. It was all in good fun. But in all actuality, we have so many athletes that can go rebound the ball. And that's not including our extremely athletic guards that, like Caleb, you know, Caleb can rebound well. Seth Trimble can rebound well. So uh, He's got good positional height. Yes. A lot to like about our rebounding. Uh, which has always been a staple for Carolina basketball. Um, and then, you know, real quick, just some padlock stats, which is what I call stats that you look back and you go, oh, it kind of makes sense why we won so big. Uh, <laughs> so the rebounding battle, Carolina won the rebounding battle 63 to 26. Crazy. That's pretty daggum dominant. Um, 50% from the field, that's a point per possession, which is – at least what you want. So that's good, especially against the zone. Um, 23 total assists for the Tar Heels. So definitely did a good job of moving the ball, finding the right guy, and held Johnson C. Smith to 23.1% field from the field. So um, definitely if we're shooting 50% and they're shooting 23 and we're getting 63 rebounds, I'd say that's a pretty good recipe. Yeah, you'll take that. I, I love um, – this didn't quite happen in this game, but I love games where Carolina has more offensive rebounds than the opponent has defensive re- rebounds. And yeah. I know where it's not quite as big of an offensive rebounding advantage. Uh, Carolina's offensive rebounding percentage dropped precipitously last year under Hubert Davis, but they had 20 offensive rebounds to 21 defensive rebounds for Johnson C. Smith. So um, quickly here, folks, what we like to do when we're doing game recaps in honor to uh, honor in in order to honor. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Coach Dean Smith, we like to do a four corners takeaway from games. And so um, Pac has uh, just come up with his four big takeaways from this game. And so, Pac, why don't you unpack those for us here today? Yeah. So, you know, number one to me. Um, what I was looking for and what I was wanting to see was not us being heavily reliant on our offense, but us having um, staples in our team defense and in our rebounding. And positive news, Tar Heels, that looks to me like that's the bread and butter of what we do. Uh, I thought, you know, although the talent disparity was there, I think we all know that, I thought we looked pretty locked in defensively. And then obviously we've already talked about the rebounding battle. So for me, that's a strong takeaway from that game uh, and what I was looking to see. Uh, The second thing I took away from it was the talent that we displayed that night was just unbelievable. And I'm sitting there going, we look like a, you know, a final four national championship caliber team. And we didn't even play Puff Johnson, RJ Davis, Jalen Washington and Justin McCoy, you know, so 
and which you know Jalen and 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 Justin they might or might not play big roles, uh, but we know for sure Puff and RJ will. And not having them and looking the way we did, man, kudos to Coach Davis, his staff, and the kids for stepping up and uh, taking care of business the way they did. Yeah. Uh, the third thing, and maybe the biggest thing, is DeMarco Dunn and Seth Trimble look like they're going to be pretty dadgum good. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, to me, and Isaac, you can comment on this a little bit, but I thought DeMarco didn't – he didn't push too much. He wasn't forcing things. He just got out there, he played his game, and he looked pretty smooth doing it. What do you think? I, I agree with you, Pac. I think, um, you know, you – for his first career start, again, not in an official game, but still first career start, you, you expect him to press some. And, and I love what you said, uh, you know, hands up, cold takes exposed for both of us. This summer mm-hmm. in our preview of DeMarco, we did not think he would have this type of role on this team. Now, obviously his role in this game is bigger because RJ's sitting out, but he is clearly, as you've said here, going to have a role on this team and that makes this team better. Uh, when he is able, along with Seth, to come in and give legitimate backup minutes that can allow Coach Davis to get RJ and Caleb the rest they need, not playing 35 minutes a game, that is phenomenal for this team's longevity. Yeah, and, you know, Coach Davis even mentioned in his post-game press conference how much he trusts DeMarco's defense, specifically on the ball. And said when DeMarco's playing, you know, at gear five, I think was the term he used, that he's really stinking good. And so um, if Coach Davis is saying that, we know he trusts him and we can expect him to have a role. Absolutely. And, uh, and he, had a, he had a steal on one of the first couple possessions of the game. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah. out on the left wing, just took it from the dude. Yeah, great. Yeah. And, you know, Trimble, I thought Trimble displayed really good on-ball defense. Um, he actually displayed pretty good off-ball defense. He has a knack for getting through screens and things like that, but um, also looked real smooth on the offensive end, also didn't force it. Uh, yeah. Seemed like he was being passed first for the most part. Um, so so love that. Both those guys seem to be um, on the right track. And lastly, the fourth corner takeaway is uh, Pete Nance is the fit that this team needs and that we hoped he would be. I know there's some concerns. I agree. The shot looked flat, but we got to remember that's really his first time to play competitively in the Dean Dome with the bleachers pulled out and people in the stands. That's right. Um, Give him some time. The shooting backdrop's a little different there. He's going to be just fine. He gives us rebounding. He gives us, to me, I mean, I'm just spitballing here, and there's a lot, lot of season left, but I thought he looked like maybe our second best defender. You know, his link was sharp. He was playing like five feet off of a guy from Johnson Smith, and he goes to shoot it, yet his hand was still right there in his face. So his length is just really, really disruptive, and uh, he gives us a post presence and efficiency on offense, specifically if Baycott needs a breather or is in foul trouble. So he is exactly what we needed, and uh, really glad he's a Tar Heel. Amen to that. Once again, a reminder, let Brady Manic be Brady Manic. Let Pete Nance be Pete Nance. And uh, we even we also think back about, uh, you know, we we were all in on Matthew Meyer from Baylor coming to to Carolina and ended up going to Illinois. And that opened the door for Pete Nance to come after he pulled out of the NBA draft. And I tell you what, I am elated that Matthew Meyer is not a Tar Heel. Come yeah. on. Give me all the Pete Nance yeah. sauce. 
that I can handle. Pack, love those four uh, four corners takeaways from this game. We are going to uh, continue talking about this game. And while the game itself was not competitive, there are still lessons to be learned. We have some of those that we want to share with you. And we'll do so right after I tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for football betting and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. Drake Mao, Drake May is now tied for the fifth best Heisman odds at Bet Online. You love to see that. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So, Pac, staying with this Johnson C. Smith blowout victory, we want to keep talking about that. But as we do, I want to remind you all to make sure for your second listen to today to check out Locked On's Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, make sure you check this show out. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Um, and so, Pac, we've got um, kind of three, here's what we can learn from the exhibition. I think the thought is... In, in a blowout like this against a team that just frankly isn't as talented, right? Like we we got to be honest about that. People often think, I mean, of course you're going to go out and win by 61. But as we've already acknowledged, that's not necessarily the case. Um, but even against an inferior opponent, we certainly can learn things that can be helpful for us in understanding what this team will be. You have laid out for us three of those to talk about today. Why don't you go ahead and share those with the good people? All right. Well, you know, first of all, going into the game, I was just watching, you know, what would the substitution pattern be and who would Coach Davis trust? Who would he lean on early? And uh, we found out real quick when R.J. Davis wasn't playing, he was going to lean on DeMarco Dunn to fill that role and start. And, um, you know, to be quite honest with you, I I was shocked by that. I don't know if you were, uh, but I certainly was because I thought Trimble would be the first guy off the bench. And so to me, we learned Coach Davis has trust in DeMarco. I know we've kind of already talked about that. I won't spend a ton, ton of time on it. We just let me ask you this though, Pac. Let me let me ask you though, if RJ had been in the game, if RJ had started, do you still think because like it's I wonder maybe if Seth had been the one off the bench, right? And like DeMarco maybe gets the nod to start for RJ given experience and stuff, but maybe. Seth had leapfrogs him for sixth man coming in if RJ starts. You know, I, I don't know. But there is yeah. that possibility. Well, yeah, and maybe maybe Coach Davis was saying we know that Seth is going to be the sixth slash seventh man, um, and that's going to be his role. So maybe we start DeMarco and let Seth start to get comfortable coming off the bench for us and start to work into that role. That's certainly a possibility. No. Um but what you know, my biggest takeaway is whether that's the reality or not. Exactly. Was we have faith in Demarco Dunn now, just like Coach Davis does, because of what he proved to us on the floor. So Great. nonetheless, it's positives all around in regards to that. Yeah, absolutely. There, there is a legitimate, not what I thought, four-person four backcourt that all can make plays. You'll love it. Yep. 
you know, secondly, I think the the thing that we take away from this game is that new faces can and will absolutely impact our season. Um, and I know, you know, we talked about Trimble, what he brings. Gosh, it's exciting having someone so explosive. That dunk he had, you don't see 6'3 freshman point guards getting up like that, man. You just – you don't. That was and, pretty. Yeah, it was. It was very explosive. He had a couple baseline drives with some nice dump-off passes, um, one specifically early to Pete Nance. So he has good vision. That He's was right after he che- – actually, that was right when he checked in because his first play, he got back. Uh, I think he and – I can't remember if Caleb was still in with him at that point, but got back and intercepted like a an outlet – like a full-court outlet pass. Yep. And then it was on that next possession where he had that dump off to Pete. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So a pretty solid start for the young man. Um, and then, you know, looking past him, Tyler Nickel. Uh, we talk about so often like how cool it is that Caleb loves a microwave, right? Like he can just get hot and he can stay hot, but it takes a specific skill set as a shooter to be able to come cold off the bench and hit threes. And Tyler did that. And if he can do that consistently in the season, then we're going to have to find a way to play him because it's just tough to not play shooting, you know? And, and as I know he can be a little bit of a liability defensively, sure, but, They've already kind of been talking about how he's relied a lot on Leakey to help grow him as a defender, and obviously Jackie Manuel's there. And so those guys are working with him in regards to those weaknesses. But, man, if he can come off and provide that microwave shooting off the bench, that's just a huge boost for us. Yeah. And then another new face, although a veteran, uh, Pete Nance, and, you know, the fit that he is and just, gosh, he's so efficient. You know, like he finished with 19, but – it felt like he only had 10, like he's just quiet. quiet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so I just, I love that about him. He's unselfish. He passes well. He rebounds well. He defends well. He gives us an inside outlook. So uh, the new faces are certainly going to make us a lot better. Yeah. And I think we'll learn, going back to Tyler Nickel, I feel like these first couple games, there won't be a ton of learning about role because there's going to be more opportunities, assuming Coach Davis um, digs into the bench a little bit. But I think it's really when we get out to Portland and then come back to Indianapolis, uh, to Bloomington to play Indiana. That's mm-hmm. when we're really going to start seeing like what legitimate roles are uh, is like Tyler Nickel going to play? What legitimate role is DeMarco Dunn going to play? I think that's when we start really learning those kind of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, we also have question marks about Jalen. We haven't got to see him play yet. So exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and that brings up like to what you just said about Pete, when Mondo goes to the bench and Pete goes to the five, who uh, before Jalen's ready, who is playing the four? It ain't going to be Will Shaver. I'll tell you that. And yeah. so maybe it's uh, a small ball, you know, maybe it's Puff or, or Dontrez playing like a small ball four or something of yeah. that nature. If I'm not mistaken, we actually had a lineup out there um, against Johnson C. Smith that actually included Nance, Styles, Leakey, and then two of the three guards. Two I don't three, remember yeah. exactly who it was, yeah. but I think we had that lineup out there for a little bit. And, you know, if Jalen's not ready to go, guys, I wouldn't be, you know, too surprised to see something like that. I think yeah. we can do that. Because there's no – with the depth of this team, there's absolutely zero reason to get Jalen Washington going before he's ready because they don't need to rely on him. Absolutely. Don't rush it. Let him yeah. be 100%. Cool. Sure. Pac, what about your third learning lesson? 
Yeah. So one of the things that I want everyone to take away from this is um, I think Coach Davis, rightfully so, expects to be zoned and pressed a lot. Hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised. This is just a little bit of an educated guess, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that um, or say that Coach Davis probably asked them to run some zone and do some pressing um, just because, you know, this was an exhibition for the Tar Heels and Johnson C. Smith, although wanted to come in and compete, they're coming in to help the Tar Heels get ready to play their season. And, you know, the benefit for them is they got to play in the Dean Dome and got a little money, you know, <laughs> along the way. So I'm, I'm guessing he asked for that. And, it, and we all remember uh, the Baylor game specifically. Right, they they picked up and they pressed us, and boy, we were throwing the ball off the backboard. We were doing literally throwing the ball off the backboard. (laughs) Leaky black. (laughs) I love you, brother. Yeah, yeah. Same. He he's done enough good that we can forget about that. But nonetheless, it was a weakness, and so I think Coach Davis was attacking that early. Let's get some reps against against a press against someone that's not wearing the same uniform as us. Right, like they can do it in practice all they want, but. Sometimes it helps to just see another team press you. And then the zone, too. When you look at our team, man, it's like, God, how do we guard them? So expect some zone. And it was really good to see us move the ball the way we did. We got the ball to the middle. We played from the inside out. And so being able to attack those things and for the young players to get some experience against that early on was just huge for us. You know what I'm practically giddy about that I cannot wait for, Pac? is when Carolina plays Syracuse to watch Pete Nance operate out of the high post with Mondo down in the low post and that big-to-big passing and him just like being that facilitator up by the free throw line, down to Mondo, out to the wing, swinging across it like, have fun that night, Pete Nance, bring it on. (laughs) And, And when we think about these ball handlers, I mean, legitimately this year, you have three legit ball handlers in RJ Caleb and Seth. And then obviously DeMarco leaky, they, when called into service as needed, they can uh, do that and and be reliable. Pete Nance can bring the ball up as needed, but man, you have, if if you, I I want to see Hubert Davis employ a lineup with love Davis and Trimble, all three out there at the same time. I mean, it would just be insane, but you have to feel so comfortable press us at your peril because these dudes can handle the ball well. Absolutely. Well, man, so what do these lessons learn that Pac just shared with us? Uh, what do they do to prepare us for UNC Wilmington next Monday night? And what are the Seahawks bringing to the table this year? We'll get that table set for you right after I tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post, so why not give it a try? Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to let people know that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. You want to finish the year strong, and the right new hire can help you do just that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to 
faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Pac, it's hard to believe the regular season is on us, but it is. The UNC Wilmington Seahawks are coming to the Smith Center Monday night, November 7th, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 Central, uh, on the ACC Network for those of you who can't be there in person. As we think about this UNC Wilmington team, uh, what, what, what should we expect from them as they come in? Yeah, so in some ways there's familiar, familiarity, in some ways there's not. So. Uh, Takayo Siddle is the head coach at UNC Wilmington. Uh, he was, you know, UNC Wilmington kind of has that history of hiring uh, UNC and NC State assistants, and at least the last few hires, and this one is an NC State assistant. Um, so he's been with Kevin Keats for a while. Sure, there's some similarities there, and that may help with the scouting report. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this for is both his- teams, that is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this is his second season. You know, UNC Wilmington last year had the second most wins in school history. They finished 27-9. and Um, And why there's not some familiarity is because UNC Wilmington graduated their two leading scorers and four of their top five leading scorers. So they're going to have some fresh faces. Um, They graduated their top three rebounders. So this is a team that really has a lot of question marks coming into Chapel Hill. Um, I'm afraid they're probably gonna <laughs> probably gonna need to wait to get some answers because there's <laughs> quite a bit of uh, talent disparity in this one also. Yeah, absolutely. Like you look at I w- I was looking at uh, <laughs> their Ken Palm ranking. UNC Wilmington's coming in at uh, in the outside the top 200 this year. They're 204th in the Ken Palm preseason rankings, and so um, yeah, I mean it's it's one of those where it is a true. Uh, get your feet wet kind of game for the Tar Heels. Not, I mean, it's going to be a better team than they faced on Friday night against Johnson C. Smith, but it's not all that dissimilar if the Tar Heels come out and take care of business. Speaking of which, Pac, what can we expect from the Tar Heels in this season opener? Yeah, I think it's going to be the typical stuff that Coach Davis always talks about, you know, and rightfully so. He's going to talk about energy and effort, and we should always expect that uh, from a Tar Heels basketball team. And I think we see that. It's the season opener. The first time the Dean Dome is going to be mostly full. The student section is going to be rocking. There's no reason not to bring the energy and effort, right? It's the season opener. So we can expect that. Um, I expect us to continue to set the standard for or set the tone for the season with uh, defensive performance and, uh, and offensive rebounding and just rebounding in general. Um, so hopefully those are two things that we definitely see. Um, and then if we're taking care of business like we should, I hope we're hearing a lot of names being called, <laughs> um, getting getting young guys in, getting valuable minutes. Hopefully uh, Jalen is healthy enough that we get a chance to see him play and succeed and do well. And so those are some things that I would keep, you know, keep an eye open for. Yeah, absolutely. And and you think back to last year, like you said, with um, with UNC Wilmington tied for first in the Colonial Athletic League, they're predicted to finish. And I like fifth sixth this year I think uh the almanac had them finishing fifth in their preseason predictions and so um yeah I mean your keys here as I read through what you put on this it was the exact things that I had said leading into the exhibition game like this is this is about Carolina doing what Carolina needs to do come out 
and uh, know you're the number one team in the country and show why. Because you don't play down to inferior opponents. In many ways, like this is all, again, similar to what I said about Johnson C. Smith, all due respect to UNC Wilmington. This is not about them. This is about Carolina learning how to be up and rolling from day one of the regular season. And so while I know it is not a high level opponent, you can do the things that you like. I can't tell you how many comments I've seen following Friday night where people are like, I, I know Jonathan C. Smith is not good compared to Carolina, but I was super impressed by what I saw from the Tar Heels. And that's, that's like exactly what I'm looking for in this one. And like you said, uh, I think we're going to get an early look at is coach Davis going to be true to his word about using more depth this mm-hmm. season. Um, I, I'm really curious to see the numbers, like how many minutes the starters play, assuming, as you said, they do what they need to do. You know, another, just to pay some homage to another Tar Heel legend, but another quote that popped to mind there was uh, Woody Durham, go where you go and do what you do, right? That's a that's a classic quote. And so we need to see Carolina go where they go and do what they do, uh, do it well and just handle their business. That's right. And you know, a lot of Tar Heels fans around the country and around the world are going to be doing just that, going to their place to help the Tar Heels do exactly what they need to do. Well, Pac, let's just wrap up here with just maybe a couple things to be watching for, like uh, some big picture ideas. We've looked at both teams. What are are some things to watch for? And and folks, by the way, we're going to do a full big preview of of the game on Monday's show. So be ready for that. But right now we just want to hit some little quick hitter takeaways yeah just real quickly uh one thing that coach davis has kind of already alluded to we should have a clean injury report so hopefully everybody's cleared good to go and we get to put eyes on all tar heels uh, because that means we're healthy and that's exactly what we want at this point in the season um and so next i would say substitution patterns something to keep an eye on Uh, we kind of already alluded to the the Trimble and Dunn, you know, who's going to come off the bench first. And so that's something to watch, something to watch how he handles the bigs. Uh, just just keep an eye on it. We're, we're going to learn and, and experience just like you guys are in real time. And so it'll definitely be something cool to see how Coach Davis handles that because he hasn't had a chance to before. Yeah. We were rocking with the Iron Five last year. That's right. Um, Put you on the spot. Who's first off the bench? Puff Johnson. I agree. Ass- yep, assuming absolutely. he's healthy, I think it's Puff. Yeah. And and speaking of which, everything we've heard is that Puff will play, RJ will play, as Pac has said. I'm I'm right with you. I think Puff's the first man off the bench under normal circumstances, you know, assuming there's not foul trouble or an injury or something like that. All right. What about your third one, Pac? So excited to see Puff play. I think he's Uh made a lot of improvements this year, maybe even flown under the radar a little bit. So really excited to see him. Uh, Lastly, uh, my, my question going into the game, do we get to see UNC Wilmington run a man defense? And if so, how do we look against it? Um, there's been some talk about some changes happening within the offensive scheme that involves some more handoffs and um, becoming a little bit trickier to guard. So just keep your eye on that. And let's, let's see what we look like. Man, uh, here you go. Here's a last question. Armando Baycott, plus or minus, over under 20 rebounds. I'll go under because I think Carolina takes care of business and he doesn't play enough to get that many rebounds. That's right. Absolutely. If he was playing 30 minutes in this game, absolutely you'd have 20. I I just think he's only going to be on the court 
20 to 25 minutes. And even still, he could have 20 rebounds. I just, I, I'm with you. I think it's under only because of a lack of minutes. I love yeah. it. Pat Kildee. Man, great to unpack the Johnson C. Smith game. What a, what a wonderful way to start uh, leading into the regular season and really looking forward to Monday night's regular season kickoff. It's going to be a great time. Can't wait to tune in. Pat Kilby, thanks for all your insight on that. Can't wait to unpack that game as well next week. Folks, that is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Coming up, uh, while we hope the basketball team will be injury-free, the football team has injuries galore right now, and so we got to talk about that, plus a Virginia preview coming up on Friday. You can follow the show at Locked on Tar Heels on Twitter. You can follow our guy, Pack at Coach underscore K23. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. Thanks for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Let me remind you to subscribe, smash the like button, comment on the show uh, on what you're looking forward to on the game on Monday. We want to thank you so much for hanging out with us on a Wednesday, talking Carolina basketball. For our guy, Pat Kilby, I'm Isaac Shade, and we want to remind you that it is always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace.